0: Welcome in. This is your betting preview for this week's RSM Classic. I'm Rick Game of that right there, Andy Lack. Andy, good evening. Thank you for the flexibility. We are doing this uh, earlier than normal because I'm going to be boots on the ground there.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited for you. I was do When I was doing my course breakdown yesterday, which is on the site right now, uh, it looks gorgeous. I mean, perfectly manicured, kind of right on the coast. You can see why many PGA Tour pros call at home. So I am super, super excited for you to check it out.
0: Uh, not one, but two different golf courses. So the the seaside course, that's your, that's your host course. That's the primary course. That's 75% of the rounds. The plantation course will be used on Thursday and Friday. One round for every player in the field before the cut has been made. If you look at the course history, it doesn't look all that sticky to me. You have some guys with some decent history, but then it's a lot of missed cuts. I think the water in play, the the potential wave advantages, the potential like wrong side of the course draw kind of leads to some more volatility in terms of pure course horses.
1: Right. And I would add in the exorbitantly high greens and regulation percentage. Mm. Um, this is a golf course that players are hitting over 70% of their greens at. And what does a high greens and regulation percentage do? It creates volatility because the emphasis falls Far more squarely on putting. So I am with you. You know, we got a nice little break last week at the Houston Open, which felt a little bit more like major championship golf than it did fall swing golf. But uh, unfortunately, we are back to your typical fall swing wedges and putting.
0: Uh, Well, that man who won in Houston last week, Tony Finau, is uh, the favorite again this week pretty significantly. So this is the grid, the odds checker grid, which uh, compares the odds across all these different sports books. Uh, Tony Finau, 8, 9, 10 to 1, the best number that you can get on him, and then a massive gap to Brian Harmon, believe it or not, Seamus Power, Taylor Montgomery. There's the only three golfers sub 30 to one, Andy. So what do we do with the top of the board in a world where one guy's by far the best, the favorites have been winning at a ridiculous rate? Are we just going to get sniped again on a, on a female win?
1: I'm being stubborn here because I don't think, if you look at it last week, the top four were all top twenty players, right? Finau, Burns, Hideki. I forgot who the Schaefer. Yeah. So all four of those guys, Rick, are top twenty players. Now, the top four that are below twenty to one are not top twenty players. There's one of them, Tony Finau, but yeah. Brian Harmon is not a top twenty guy. Seamus Powers is not a top twenty guy. Taylor Montgomery is a not. Not a top twenty guy, so I do feel a little bit more comfortable moving down. Um, and I think I'm probably going back to the Hoagie train in the low thirties. Um, I got him at thirty one to one. Uh, I think you're getting a speck. I would not call it thirty one to one on Tom Hoagie value, but I think you are getting a speck of it coming off a very disappointing performance at the Mayakoba, where he was quite popular. To me, that is a blip in the radar. If you look at his long-term form, he has been absolutely on fire this fall swing. Now we travel to another course that he's finished fourth at before and is going to hit a large, large plurality of wedges. And sign me up. It just feels, feels time for Hoagie to break through.
0: Well, that's, that's the exciting part, right? We know he's a great wedge player. We know he's a great ball striker in general. We know that he can have those, those great putting weeks. And that's, that's the formula. And, and obviously the, the win equity is there. Uh winner at Pebble beach, Pebble beach. Yeah. Earlier this year, that that's one of the courses that you had as a comp course in your Monday article, you're going to read the rest of it for, for the rest of them. But that was one of the crossover courses that you had
1: hundred percent yeah and and I like the fact that both are coastal courses where it is dependent on the wind and the emphasis falls squarely on the second shot right You have so many of these short positional courses like El Chameleon, uh, Sedgefield, TPC Potomac, where driving accuracy is really, really important because you have these narrow fairways. Um, Sea Island and Pebble Beach, for that matter, and the Shriners, for that matter, is not really the case. I mean, you have pretty generous landing areas, and that really, really places the importance on the second shot, which is most often with a wedge. And as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, there's not more than three people in the world that you want more than Tom
0: Hoagie with a wedge in his hands. Uh, Tom Hoagie 30 to one Jason day is also 30 to one. I am bullish on J day kind of moving forward. What he's done from T to green over his last eight measured starts has been, has been splendid. What he's done on approach over his last, uh, you know, eight measured starts has been awesome. I, I'm just kind of torn Andy on like, can Jason day win still right? Like is he? Could He pull this thing off. He's got a bunch of top 25s this season, but I'm, I'm stuck on whether or not he can actually win a golf tournament.
1: I think he can. And I bet him last week and I'm going to take a break on him. Most likely this week, because uh, I liked the golf course last week, far better for him than I liked the golf course for him this week. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I need Jason Day on a course where he needs to get to 22 under. I really like what he's been doing with his short game. I think that short game is absolutely irrelevant on this course. Um, I think that we're going to see him pop his head out again at Torrey Pines and Riviera and Pebble Beach where he's had so much success here before. And like we said, I mean, you could go to the fact that he has had so much success at pebble beach and use it as a reason to think, Hey, maybe he can get it done here. And he does have a 12th place finish here, but I I just think I'm going to wait. I think I'm going to wait to Tory Rick with Jason day.
0: Fair enough. Now the market gets a little bit more confused after those guys, you know, Joel Damon, as short as 29, as long as 40 Davis Riley, as short as 26, as long as 50, uh, even Mackenzie Hughes, as short as 35, as long as 50. So we're getting to the area of the board, Andy, where, you know, maybe some of these books have taken more wagers than others on on a specific guy, but there there are numbers to be shopped, and there's some value to be had if you like one of these guys.
1: Yeah, and for for me, that guy is Davis Riley, and and he has been no stranger to the show. I've talked about him a, a fair amount over you know the course of our conversations over the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is a southeastern guy who has done the vast majority of his best work on Bermuda grass courses. In fact, his two wins on the Cord Ferry Tour both came on Bermuda. Uh, he has not, does not have great course history in two appearances here, but keep in mind he was a baby during that, and he also finished top 25 twice. Here's a deep cut for you at the SEC Championship at Sea Island So uh, when he was at the University of Alabama. So I love the way that he hit the ball in Houston last week. And I think this is an excellent spot for Davis Riley, who, you know, I probably would have had some interest in him at like 35 to one in this field. I was more than happy to grab the 50.
0: Uh, one more click of of Mackenzie Hughes for me at, at 50 to one. He's got four straight top 25s this season. Yes, very much reliant on the putter, but that's not really uncommon for McKenzie Hughes. That's that's how he gets it done. And of course, uh, the win here and a runner-up finish uh, last year on on the resume. So so one more click for McKenzie Hughes. Anyone else kind of in this 50-ish range, whether it's Matthew Neesmith or, or Sahith or Webb Simpson, who's got uh, the biggest question mark, but some of the best course history around this place, is there another click to be made in this range?
1: I took a look at Neesmith. Uh, I I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but that's another guy who has just had a ton of success at not just these types of courses. I want to pull it up too because he's another guy where I found he had some history in college at some of these courses. Um, He has had Matthew Neesmith third, fourth, second At the Jones Cup, which is right across the street in Ocean's Forest. First, he won the 2015 SEC Championship at Sea Island. And he finished third at the 2013 SEC Championship at Sea Island. So I would say Neesmith, you know, he was very disappointing last week. But I love guys who have a good Sunday round. And Neesmith started to figure it out for himself on Sunday. So probably Neesmith would, would be the next guy that I had the most intrigue in.
0: Yeah. I've been kind of investing in him a lot and it's, it's been great. And, uh, knocks off the rust last week, gets an opportunity to go back to a place where he's, and and he put two of his rounds last week were splendid. He just kind of had, you know, one or one really bad round and one kind of mediocre round. Okay. Let's, let's throw some darts here. Alex Smalley, uh, back-to-back really strong finishes for him. He's 60 to one. Then you can get, Whatever you want in terms of, oh, Sea Island Mafia, or I can get like Brendan Todd, Bermuda Grass, sixty to one. What, what do you start to parse through in this next tier down? <sighs>
1: I like Will Gordon. I've been on Will Gordon a fair amount. Uh, he's a guy who's finished 10th here. You know, he's typically known as a bomber, but he's had a ton of success before on some of these shorter tracks as well, including finishing third at the Mayakoba. Um, hit the ball pretty well last week too in Houston. He's kind of just developed like a really high floor. So maybe this is a better DraftKings play, but I, I just, I think I'm going to keep riding the wave with Will Gordon. I think he's a really good player and I think he's pretty fairly priced this week.
0: Uh, we're both quite high on Hayden Buckley, elite driver of the golf ball. Is this a good spot for him?
1: I think so. I, I you know, I don't think that this is a course that totally rewards being an absolutely elite driver of the ball i think these are pretty generous fairways now with that being said there are some hazards off the tee um in the form of water and marshland so you don't want to be too wild but yeah i'll i'll be on him i don't know if i'll i don't know if i'll make the plunges and outright but in terms of my dfs player pool and maybe a top 20 top 40 i'm definitely going to stick with buckley
0: how freaky do you want to get here? Uh, I can get us into the triple digits with Lee Hodges, Sepp Straka, uh Justin Lauer, as short as 80 to one, as long as 20 to uh, 120 to one on the grid. Luke list who has had success around sea Island before as short as 75, as long as one hundred and thirty. How freaky do you want to be Andy?
1: Well, you know, it, it goes into that age old question that we've been battling with a lot about, you know, what's the real point of betting long shots anymore, but I what's, think you can no, make just, a what's
0: the point in general, just like in life. Let's just, what's the point. That's that
1: what, what are we doing <laughs> you know, this year for? But yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it's, I find myself finishing most cards in the 50 range, uh, at least recently, maybe the, up to 95 80 range. So there wasn't really a guy above 100 that I had a ton of interest in. You could, you know, there's some guys like in the high eighties and nineties. I think it's a pretty good bounce back spot for Justin lower who remains one of the best wedge players in the world as well. But no, I didn't get, I didn't get too crazy this week. Did you?
0: Uh, no, but I I probably will, and I should just save my money. Okay, so so Lauer is interesting because he also like lost a stroke and a half putting last week, and he's a very good putter. That's unlike, I mean, that was like his worst putting performance since I don't know May or something like that. So you get a wedge player who's not particularly long off the tee, who's fairly accurate, who um, is probably going to bounce back off a bad putting week. I, I don't think he'll win, but I do like finding some exposure to him, whether it is in. Geez, jock market, top twenty markets, whether it's in matchup markets, if you can find it. I do like getting exposure to them.
1: Yeah. I and and I totally agree with that. As you mentioned, I mean, you you're looking for guys at this stage where How can we buy low on someone? I mean, this is the final event of the season for a lot of these guys. We have a pretty big enough sample size now where we've seen what a lot of these guys are up to. So, you know, Tom Hoagie is a perfect example of like Tom Hoagie has been playing unbelievable golf. We got a blip in the radar, miss cut. I'm going back to the well one more time.
0: Uh, let's talk matchups here. There's one that has my, my attention right out of the gate, and it is this one, Jason Day, Taylor Montgomery. You have uh, planted your flag in the ground in terms of kind of that that putter regression (laughs) coming from Taylor Montgomery in which uh, it did in Houston lost a half a stroke on the putting surfaces in Houston. And now he gets a J day matchup, whether it's Jason day or not, are you going to continue to kind of take this stance on, on Montgomery that um, he's not the best putter on the planet?
1: Yeah, you know, I finally I think I'm one for four now. I finally hit him in a matchup last week. Uh and it actually oddly enough came against Jason Day. So I, I think Jason Day uh I'd probably go back to Jason Day in this in this matchup again against him this week. I just, you know, we saw what happens when the putter goes downhill he has given us no evidence thus far in his pga tour career that he is an elite ball striker he's had some good off the tee performances but as an overall iron player through six seven starts this fall swing um he's been field average at best whereas jason day is hitting the cover off the ball so yeah i'd probably go day over montgomery again and just run it back
0: yeah, I think I would too. The the math, the model at rickrungood.com, the head-to-head matchup tool, has this nearly even 50.6 for Taylor Montgomery, 49.4 for Jay day but uh, these three big check marks in the favor of Jason Day in which he gains uh, more strokes uh, to the field more frequently, zero plus, one plus, and two plus than Montgomery during that stretch, which is generally the floor Uh, you're kind of looking at in a head-to-head matchup. We are early in the week. We're recording this earlier, Andy, so we do not have a ton of solid options for matchups. But I look at guys like Sahith. As much as I love him, I love the upside. I worry that with the big miss... Around these courses, you can find the water. You can find the marsh. That's where you start to rack it up. I will probably take a general fade stance against him. Bet three six five has Patrick Rogers against him. That's whatever, but I might, I might shop that for other ways I could get against Sahith here.
1: Uh, I'm with you. I like that. I would take Patrick Rogers over Sahith. Patrick Rogers is playing unbelievable right now. Um, and he's played well at this course before too. So yeah, I I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that matchup.
0: Um, believe it or not, it's a small sample size. So you're going to see some pretty extreme numbers here, but last 20 rounds, the matchup model has Rogers winning at 64%. That that's actually quite a bit in this type of thing 64% so um that would be Rogers at my, about minus 180 without the juice juice to sahib's uh plus 180 on the other side of things uh anybody else just in general you think might be a good matchup guy uh for or a matchup guy against
1: i don't i don't really think so is there let me ask you this question is mm-hmm. there a guy for you Last week for me, I had a, I had a, the best DraftKings week I've had in, in quite some That's time. Well done. Uh, thank you. And and um, there's always a guy below seven k. I think befo- below seven point three k. That is three percent ownership. That is gonna finish top five in the tournament. Who's your pick for that this week?
0: All right, hold on. Let me actually pull up the guys who are like 7.3k or lower, and we'll find we'll find who that is. Okay, so I think my uh first instinct of that golfer would be I could say Justin S and get you all like hot and bothered, but I, <laughs> I um I think it could be Callum Taren. Callum Taren... I like that. He does this thing where when he plays well, he finishes like inside the top 20. And when he doesn't, he just misses the cut. And he's long, but he can be accurate. He actually does not model very well because of the extremes, uh, because of all the missed cuts. But then he offsets them with like top 15 finishes. So when I look at like pure upside from a low price, he's always someone that's pretty exciting.
1: I like that one. That's a good one. I'm going to give you a weird one. I'm going to go with Stu sink. Stuart Sink's gonna have an interesting week this week.
0: How interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> interesting in what manner? <laughs> Hopefully in a positive manner. But no, look, look at the way that he hit the ball in, in Houston last week. I, I just I mean, this is a guy that's won twice in Carolina at the Heritage. Um he's a guy I have my eye on. And I'm telling you, Rick. You got to do, you got to find one or two of these guys that no one's on. You can't do the 7,400 popular guy, the 7,500 popular guy. You got to do the one guy where, and I'm, you know, last week who I didn't have, it was Ben Taylor, right. Or Tyson Alexander, but those are the guys that, that get you the big money. So, um, I'll go Stu Sank this week. I think he's going to have a big week.
0: Okay. Find somebody who will win you all the money. Okay. Uh, We want to talk props real quick. Uh, Obviously, it's early in the week, and we want to talk about one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know. And I mean that as an absolute compliment, his knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available. And he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the inside golf podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event. And he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, also before I forget, uh, massive promo. The only promo I ever do at rickrungood.com. Once a year, And you got to bet me for it, right? You you sign up for a yearly and whatever the winning score is, that's the refund. Uh, I feel like I've gotten unlucky. No, not unlucky. The last three years have been 22 under, 20 under, and 20 under when I've done this. When am I going to get the windy 11 under a week? Can I get that one time?
1: Well, I was going to say, have you checked the weather forecast yet this week? Yeah, I, I, I know. It. Looks a little,
0: looks a little chilly, you know, give me that 59 and rainy on Friday or whatever it is. Like let's, let's get, let's get a little freeze in these guys' hands.
1: Well, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> even if it turns out, even if you get a little bit lucky and it turns out to be 14 and 15, um, you're getting quite the deal based on, uh, Based on what all the stuff that we've got going on over there right now,
0: it's it's a it's a big win for everybody. I, I do it. I do it once. It's a lot of fun. RickRunGood.com/slash/rsm. Um, Andy, I was gonna come on here and say, oh man, we're, we are you know recording earlier uh, than ever. We don't have any golf props up on Prize Picks, but I would be I would be wrong. Big Euro Week as well, right? DP mm. World Tour Championship. Uh, the boys are over there. Matt Fitzpatrick in the field. Victor's in the field. Tommy Ladd off of a win. I mean, I- I've I've not done enough research to to give credible props here, but they've got the birdies are better. They've got the birdie or better matchups. Those are the ones that we've we've learned are not a trap. Matt Fitzpatrick versus Jordan Smith. Shane Lowry versus Adrian Otegi. Even Alex Noren, who played well for a while last week, versus Richard Mansell. Tell me tell me one thing you know about Richard Mansell
1: not much. Is he French?
0: I have no idea. I literally <laughs> have no idea. So that's, that's kind of what we're looking at, but uh hat tip to the boys over at prize picks for having the Euro stuff up.
1: Yeah. Good for them. You know, I do, I do even know what this course is. I, I don't know where it's being yeah, played. That to be
0: Jeremiah, in, it's in Dubai. It's that, uh, uh it's, yeah, that, I don't know if it's called Jeremiah country club or golf club.
1: Jumaira. J- I whatever, whatever, yeah, yeah.
0: whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, maybe if I've got some time later this evening, I'll dig a little bit into Jamira and see if we could take advantage of some prize picks props.
0: That was like Rory's first sponsor, right? Remember when he was like yeah. young and curly haired, a little bit chubby and he was rocking that on the hat. And then he started winning and said, uh, I can, I can make a lot more with somebody, with somebody else. Those were the right. good days. Right. <laughs> right. And,
1: and the, uh, the pro live people are quick to point out that that first sponsorship when he was 23, uh, were backed by a Saudi backed company.
0: So tough scene, tough scene to be on the golf beat these days. Um, Rick is the promo code you're looking for over at prize picks. There's a link in the description. Uh, I imagine the PGA stuff is going to get added shortly. So there will be, uh, there's going to be a lot of options, which will be fun. We'll keep an eye on the weather all week long, uh, one and done. Uh, not only did you and I, so we, we did not make picks last week. I literally okay. did not make a pick. I, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I would. I, I never time, go <laughs> first time in a while. You do it more often than I, how, I, I don't feel good about it. How, how do I, how do I come to grips with my, my so,
1: zero? so can I ask, well, you're speaking to the right guy. Um, is this a, what are your thoughts on, a league that starts a separate league that starts in sony
0: yeah there there will be one
1: okay yeah that makes me that makes me feel a little bit better because this fall swing has been an absolute disaster for me yeah. in terms I, of remembering i, I basically yeah.
0: committed to when i started this one i basically committed to doing two one now and one later
1: Okay. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. And is the fall swing one just gonna go for the fall swing, or is it gonna go for everything?
0: All year, baby. This is okay. the this is the the mega, yeah, the mega boy. And then the other one will be yeah, whatever that is. Sony to BMW championship.
1: Okay, cool. Um, and then for ours, we didn't do one last week, and Correct. I believe the floor is yours.
0: Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm up at I have four ninety six. You're at three oh seven. Uh. Again, just like an absolute pillow fight here. Now, the, the the big four that are garnering at least 10% ownership on officefootballpool.com right now are Tony Finow, Seamus Power, Brian Harmon, and Tom Hoagie. I do not like this. You know, if if you play Tony Finau, it feels like you're chasing a bit, right? And if you play somebody else, it feels like you're gonna run into the buzzsaw of Tony Finow. Um, I am between Mackenzie Hughes, who I'm just a believer in, and I just like him. And I, I just think it'd be a good spot or Brian Harmon. And I have to decide whether, uh, Brian Harmon is a fraud or not. So I think between you and I, I'm vamping, trying to figure out who I'm going to pick. I'll take Harmon, but I think. In a in the run and done, I'm gonna end up taking Mackenzie Hughes.
1: Do you know, by the way, for some reason I did not write this down. Did you know who I picked for the Coba?
0: Yes, you picked Aaron Wise. So here, here I I here. had already
1: picked Aaron Wise for the Shriners, I believe.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Armina, takeaway is one hundred twenty nine thousand. <laughs> oh, shame on you! A,
1: this is just a nightmare for me. This false swing. Get me to the Sony open.
0: Again, maybe he'll maybe he'll lay at the field.
1: Um, I will go with, um, Davis Riley.
0: <laughs> this is so, so embarrassing. So good. I will go with Davis, <laughs> uh, Riley. Davis Riley and Brian Harmon for us. Uh, larger strategy. Guy wins last week. He's going to be the highest owned this week, but he's clearly the best player in the field. What, what, like what scenarios are you running out? Tony fee this week? Um, well, I
1: think it depends on how much, how strong you feel about Tony being able to like win a major championship, right? Like this is a guy, you know, I put out a poll yesterday on Twitter just cause I was curious who is more likely to win a major championship next year. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau or Cam Smith and Tony Finau got like 67% of the votes. Um, I, uh, you know, he's going to be in the mix at Riviera and Torrey Pines lately. I, I don't know. It's tough because you could say he won back to back in the summer, Xander Shoffley won back to back in the summer. Scotty Scheffler's won back to back in the summer. Like winning back to back is not all that crazy, but I'm, it's not for me this week. I, I think last week, what was interesting about Tony is you could really tell by watching it the distinct advantage that he had on a difficult golf course, right? Like the, the distinct advantage that he had on a course that was giving all these players trouble that didn't have the accurate driving and the elite ball striking. Um, and I just think that if Brendan Todd made one or two more putts than him this week, it, it really wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. And you throw in the fact that it's like kind of a pretty volatile golf course, or at least has been, I think there's going to be better spots or I should say tournament because it's golf courses. Um, Probably going to save Tony. Keep him. Keep him in the holster for for later down the road. Okay, so that's Harmon for me. Davis Riley for you. Official picks are in. uh Armina says, "Do you want me to show the new standings? Do you have them?" We just removed one hundred forty thousand no. from from Aaron Wise. I don't know if she has them actually. Handy.
1: It's funny because I got to keep the T sixty nine from Aaron Wise and lose the T fifteen.
0: Yeah, which is this just, the first
1: one. This is, the which is just wonderful. one
0: done uh yeah here they are she's got the she's got the standings right here boom look at that i just made 120 grand the blink of an eye 496 to 178 sick sick i'm Uh,
1: so good at writing these down too uh, and i just completely have lost uh, the plot this false way but anyway uh, here we go
0: before we we get out of here um are you gonna buy a check mark on twitter
1: Yeah. You know, that's a good question. I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, I'm a little bit bummed because I've been told by a couple people that if I had tried before this whole thing happened, I probably would have been able to get verified. Um, and so now it just feels like, you know, I'm paying for it the phony way. Um, I, I, think for somebody like you and I, who uses this platform primarily for work, um, there are upsides to it. I have many, many times when I am writing out stats, when I am typing out podcasts and stuff like an edit button would come in handy. It it really would like it it is. Yes. An edit button would really come in handy. Uh, and the longer videos that I think you could post, which I think is cool for if you're promoting podcasts. So long winded way of answering your question. Yes, I, I am going to get it, but I just, that first wave of everybody now getting the blue check marks, I think I'm going to wait a couple weeks, but I'll probably end up getting it. Yeah.
0: The caveat is assuming it still works that way, because last I saw, they, they stopped more people from buying it like two days ago and they're trying to figure it all out and what they're gonna do in the meantime. But uh yeah the big thing is if, if Oh, they, so
1: you can't buy it anymore.
0: Last I saw as of two days ago, you cannot go buy one right now. It's like it is like on pause. I think it did not go the way that they wanted it to initially. <laughs> so, uh,
1: oh Elon. Oh, so Elon.
0: But the the big thing would be um if they really are gonna like move you and like show your stuff to more people. Like for what we do it's shitty but it's worth the 8 bucks. It's worth the 8
1: bucks. 100%. 100%. For what we do it is 100% worth the 8 bucks. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll have to dig into that. Maybe I missed my chance.
0: Uh yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's changing every 5 seconds. So in in the next couple of weeks who knows what it'll even be. Uh what, what the program will even look like. Okay. Uh, Andy, anything else, Bud? again, appreciate, appreciate you doing this at a different time for me. Yeah, of course. Have a
1: blast at the RSM this week and we will talk soon, my friend.
0: Andy lack on Twitter at ADP lack sports. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's RSM classic. Good luck.